You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 207. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by Aptiv. It's that audio fitness app that I love working out to because honestly, it just makes me run faster. I normally run at a normal pace that feels comfortable for me, but when I feel like doing a sprint workout or an interval workout or something a little bit more challenging and sometimes even a little shorter distance-wise, I turn to my workouts on Aptiv. So if you wanna give it a try, you can do the running or any other type of workout you prefer over at Aptive.com. You're going to get a free 30-day trial because you're a Lively Show listener. So what you do is two steps. Number one, go over to Aptive.com. That's A-A-P-T-I-V.com. Enter the sign-up button. So go to the sign-up part and in the code area, enter the Lively Show. Then go download the app on your phone and you're all set to get started. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. I personally am very picky about the sponsors I have on the show, and I really only have things that I genuinely love and suggest, and this is one of those. Now for where I am, I am in Ubud, Indonesia, which is Bali, and it was totally unexpected. I'm actually inserting this into the episode because when I recorded this, I thought I was going to stay in Sydney, and then I changed my mind. So this is where you will find me in Ubud, and you can obviously follow along on Instagram if you wanna see my adventures here. And also, while I'm here, let me give you a little shout out about something that I am working on and launching this week. It's called Awareness at Home. So as I have done these retreats and mindfulness workshops around the world, I did my Sydney Google workshop recently and their neurological consciousness mindfulness training in the last two days and the previous week. And I also did my Scottish Highlands Buddhist meditation last summer. And I've done the Costa Rica experience with Eckhart Tolle. I have thought about you guys every step of this way. I know that not everyone is able to leave their homes for a week or two at a time to travel the world and spend the money that it costs often in many cases to do these types of experiences. And I know that it is important when it comes to listening to your intuition to be able to tell the difference between the ego and the intuition. That's the number one question I get once people try to write to their intuition. If they're not able to do it, they're often confused about whether they're hearing from the ego or the intuition when they sense the answers in themselves. So as I was in Costa Rica, I had this idea. It hit me to create an experience that, like I said, I'm calling awareness at home, that allows you to have a mindfulness retreat within the structure of your everyday life. So for the next two weeks, I'll be running the live version. This is the only time I'll be running this live with you at the same time you're going through it. I'm going to create a series of six trainings that are going to help you to pull your awareness away from the ego. Because once you pull your awareness and you develop your understanding of consciousness away from that voice that you're often listening, we all start out listening to 24-7, then you start to notice and be able to 
listen for the intuition and tell them apart. So I'm creating these with several of my favorite teachers on the subject of consciousness and mindfulness as well. So I'll be sharing free links to trainings that they've given and then building on those trainings with my own ideas and concepts for you that I've found helpful from the clients that I've worked with personally. And I'm giving you a battery, a selection, a wide range, if you will, of meditation examples and guided experiences that are out there that I have found to be the most helpful so you can also start developing a meditation practice. This is perfect if your intuition is telling you that it is something to join. And if you wanna find out more, go over to awarenessathome.com. There will also be two live coaching calls. So I will be working with clients just like I do in Flow With Intention. We'll be doing two hour coaching calls as well. And there will be a community. If you are interested in finding out more, head over to Awareness at Home. Class begins April 10th and registration runs until this Friday. So now let's move on. Today I was listening to an Abraham Hicks video and I got super inspired. And so I didn't even wanna stop to then do the notes to this episode. I just wanted to turn on the mic, share what I was learning with you in the exact moment. This was about an hour or two ago, actually. So I hope you enjoy it. This is a huge eye-opening paradigm shifting, identity smashing slash creating episode. And I hope you love it as much as this content and this idea have inspired me as well. Let's go to the show. Hey guys, Jess here. I'm so excited right now. I just want to get this idea out of my head before I spend the time making the notes for the show and all of that sort of stuff. So here I am just listening to an Abraham Hicks video. And a lot of people ask me, where should I start on YouTube with Abraham Hicks? And I'm always just kind of thinking to myself, just listen to the Law of Attraction book on Audible. I really recommend the Audible audio version of the Law of Attraction because it's recordings of her and she shares the whole framework that they have started with, I think 20 or so odd years ago. And then just dive into YouTube. I kind of have faith that you can just start wherever you are and whatever shows up if you Google it and start picking between the titles that sound interesting to you. That's really all you need to do. The message is ultimately all the same over and over and over again, though there's been so many decades of their work. Long story short, you can just dive in. Just dive in. Just go do what you want to do. Go find what you want to find. There's no wrong way to do it. Just start surfing the waves of Abraham if it appeals to you. However... There is a recording that I am going to share in this episode because I was just listening to it this morning. Just put it on because it was the first thing that popped up in my YouTube feed. And it is life-changing and an amazing extension of something I touched on in last week's episode. So last week, I talked to you about the packing and the travel. And in part four of that episode, I talked about identity. What did it mean for me to lose the identity of the person that lives out of the carry-on suitcase moving into the person that lives in the full-size suitcase? And I shared that I didn't want to pack with the smaller suitcase, but at the same time, the greater part of me in Abraham Hicks language had caught up with the idea of having a larger suitcase. My ego identity had not caught up to it. My ego liked saying I lived out of a carry-on suitcase. In the world of traveling, especially the nomadic lifestyle people, there is kind of this badge of honor or respect or coolness out of this minimalism idea of living in the carry-on. Not everyone feels that way, but it does sometimes feel like that is the cool thing to do. And to leave that for a large big honking suitcase just felt a little bit like my ego didn't want to let that identity go. 
And I talked about that and I said, you know, it was not that big of a deal. Like I got over it. I didn't let my ego stop me from getting the new suitcase, but I did notice the resistance. And then I talked about how there's other identity factors that you might be having. Maybe it's not about travel for you or what suitcase you're carrying. Maybe for you, it's about whether you're a lawyer or you're a stay-at-home mom or whether you're unemployed right now or whether you are employed in a job you don't like or a job you do like. Whatever the case may be, whatever your relationship status may be, We all get stuck into these identities. And hey, I love values. I'm not going to say there's anything wrong with values. They're just the things that are very, very, very important to you right now, but they don't have to be something that you carry with you the rest of your life, though they certainly can be something you carry consistently all of your life. They're not necessarily something you have to keep with you. You can evolve those values as you grow. But often, even with values, we can start to say that I am a minimalist, where really that could just be a value. Like really, it's just about having, for example, less stuff. And so that's the value you have. But then to say, I am this is kind of like when I've shared in the past, I think it's tricky language to say, I am a lawyer versus I practice law, because I am is bigger than any of these interests that we have at any moment in time. We are far bigger than being a lawyer. We weren't a lawyer when we were born. So how can we say we're a lawyer? And what if we're only a lawyer between 27 and 34? At 35, what's your identity like? And what was your identity before then? So I think that the more we can separate ourselves from these labels, and not that we can't have values, I think values are great and super wonderful compasses pointing us in the direction that our intuition is often guiding us to. We just have to be sensitive to when those values change. Well, here's the thing. I listened to this episode that Abraham had, and like I said, I'll put it in the show notes so you can listen too. But this was the aha that finally sank in for me around the suitcase. Or just in general, I've even thought about the fact that once I have my intuition tell me that it's time to evolve this travel, maybe it's to stop the travel altogether, or maybe it's to do it in a totally different way than I am doing it now, I could see my ego get really attached to this idea of being a world traveler and not being in one place. There is an identity even there. So in order for me to anticipate that and for any identity issues you may be suffering or struggling or just kind of right now at peace with, but ultimately may struggle with later, let me share this piece of insight, I guess I would say, this aha moment that I just had listening to Abraham. They've said this in so many ways, and it finally just clicked with this specific episode, that we are growth-seeking beings looking for the new expansion. Now, I've heard them say this. I've even shared this in Flow With Intention and here on the show. But let me just underline this and present this in a new way that might hit home for you. And also, let me start like one step behind this. By the way, of course, this is one of those episodes with no notes. I literally just turned on the recording and I'm speaking. So it's not necessarily going to be in parts and super organized, but I know I've gotten a lot of feedback that you guys like this format. So I'll try this a little more as well. And if you like these like bursting aha moments, I'll be sure to share more of these because the truth is normally I'd share this with a friend, but I'm in Sydney and I don't have any friends to talk to right now. So I'm talking to you. Okay. So let's go back. Why do you care about identity? Why should you care about this right now? Here's my idea for that. It matters even though you're not thinking about the word identity day to day because your actions are going to, your behaviors, your actions, your patterns, your rituals, and your concepts of yourself are going to drive your life. And as your intuition leads you into new territory, which I'll get into in a second, 
the ego likes the coherence of the patterns and defining who you are by those behaviors so much that it has fear around doing new things because it means leaving the old identity behind. This is why it's hard to end relationships after a long time, often, not only because of this, but I think that's a part of it. I am a wife, or I am a girlfriend, or I am a husband, I am a partner, I am a significant other, or I'm single. And leaving behind those identities, or like the lawyer, the doctor, the accountant, the customer service rep, the call center person, the postman, whatever your career might be, whatever those things are, those are simply behaviors we've had in the past. They're things we've done for a period of time that then we start assigning ourselves to. We're saying that we, our consciousness, is that thing. And actually, as I'm even just saying that, let's like zoom back, really. We are consciousness. That's us. We are not a mother. We weren't born mothers. We don't necessarily die mothers. I mean, I guess if your kids die before you, whatever, but you get the point. We're not born any of these things. We say, I am a friend. I am a sister. I am a lover. All of these things. We are consciousness from the moment that we're born to the moment that we generally die, as long as we're not unconscious from some terrible accident. So our consciousness is really all we are. And throughout the life, the play that is our lives, we have all of these different values that come in. And often we will start to assign our identity, our personality to those values. And then when intuition guides us to the next new thing, like I said, I'll get to that in a second, we have this death, this loss of identity and self that we think is so terrible because we hate, we want to have self-confidence, we want to have self-esteem. Well, all of that is based on our ego, I believe. I'm not really fully thinking. This is in pencil, guys, for sure. I could totally feel differently about this later, but the way I'm seeing or sensing this right now is when identity and self-confidence and self-esteem comes from consistency of past patterns or behaviors that the ego is assigning as good or bad, that's just a whole bunch of drama. The intuition has no interest in any of those things. It wants peace and has peace, joy, and fulfillment at all times and will lead us to uncertainty. This is what we're here to do. Why? Now let's move into this. We are growth-seeking beings. This is something Abraham has said over and over and over again. But here's the way that I'm now understanding that at a whole new level. If we want to have an identity, why don't we go to the most core aspect of ourselves and identify with that instead of identifying with, I'm a minimalist? Because really, with this idea of identity. Let's zoom as far out. If we're going to make an identity, why don't we anchor it on the thing that is consistent from the beginning of our lives to the end of our lives? We are growth-seeking beings of consciousness. Now, I'm going to put consciousness in there. That later I could too take out. For right now, I'll say we are conscious and we, because we have this animating force within this body, right? The animating force within us, that is a part of us from the moment we're a baby. And obviously it develops and evolves over time until we die. 
And it has an arc that we like to think of, but what's interesting and consistent about every stage of life is that we're seeking growth. Even as we age, often we think of growth as like a seed becomes a flower. So it's like this little thing that becomes a big thing. We tend to think in terms of mass getting larger when we think of growth. We think of a baby going to a full adult. So we think of that growth. We think of gaining weight as the baby grows. We think about gaining knowledge as we're in school. We think about growth as bigger. So we go from growth of having $100 in our bank account to $100,000. I'm going to change how we think about growth. So when I say we're growth-seeking beings, the reason I'm going to say that, first of all, is because we're a part of the particles of the universe. The same 16, there may be more particles, but so far I think they've discovered 16. There may have been more discovered in CERN, I'm not sure yet, on the most up-to-date thing. But they had this original 12 or 16 fundamental particles. They have this idea that there may be more and they're trying to find them. But we're a part of those. Those pieces, those particles make up the electrons, the neurons, the proteins, all of the things that we are made up of, if you zoom down small enough, is the same in every every aspect of the universe. So with that in mind, we're a part of the universe. I don't know, actually, no, I do know. It's kind of a Newtonian idea to separate us as beings and humans on the planet and saying that we're watching this clockwork-like orchestration of the universe and we're just observing it, but we have nothing to do with it. Well, quantum mechanics completely nullifies that point of view. It's just that the Descartes and Newtonian point of view that was from before quantum mechanics is still the story we're telling in our regular society. That's still the point of view most people have about how the universe and world works, even though science has actually gone beyond that. It's eclipsed that. That's not the most recent understanding. It's just the most common and formally understood understanding that we have. So if we're really to look at ourselves, we have consciousness and we're a part of this greater whole. I talk about transrational a lot, you guys. I'm starting to think of another way to look at this point of view too. When I say that I'm going to look at all of these aspects, this is my self-coined term. I'm not going to define it as anyone else may have used this term before, but I'm going to say this is about holism, to say that the science and the spirit or the science and the consciousness more specifically, that those are all connected, that these particles within us are part of the particles within the cosmos, which are a part of the particles in the flower on your table, which are a part of the particles that are in the earth and the core of the earth and in the sun and in galaxies far beyond here. All of these particles, as far as we know, are consistent. And so this holism to me is looking at the whole system entirely. And mathematicians and physicists have found that the whole, the universe, has started or has been expanding at an ever-increasing rate. So this is interesting because we, as a part of this holistic perspective, also In my belief, it seems like we're a part of this whole. So we too would be mimicking on a much smaller scale, the much larger, because we're a part of that driving force of the universe. And this is Abraham all day long talks about this, but let's look at this. So if we're growing like the universe, then we are ever expanding too. But what I love about Abraham is they've helped me understand what that expansion looks like. Though the universe may actually be expanding in terms of space as it's growing, and that is kind of that whole growth of mass, 
I actually think for us, the way Abraham describes it makes so much sense. It's not always about having more shoes. So growth isn't about collecting more shoes or more stuff in our lives. Even though some people choose to do that, in seasons of their lives, they choose to do that. It's not that more always means this exponential amassing of stuff. It's about newness, new, 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 new. So in our lives, from the time we are born to the time we die, we have new desires. It's the desires to be new and fresh. That is growth-seeking being. That is being a part of this greater whole and in alignment with the growth of the universe. It's not necessarily like our humans on this planet are going to have this desire for more and then we create another planet, though we may leave this planet eventually and find other experiences. It doesn't mean that we need to have more stuff so we need another planet or we need another you know, closet for all the, the stuff we're buying. It's not that. The minimalist idea, for example, is great. It's new for those that are finding it at this moment in time. If they had a bunch of stuff in the past and they have this new desire for less, they are growing. They're expanding because it's their consciousness and their desires from that place that is growing and expanding. It's not always about having a new swimming pool. So, When we look at ourselves, instead of saying that I am a minimalist or I live out of a carry-on suitcase or I am a lawyer or I am a mom or I am a wife or any of those labels, if we just say we are growth-seeking conscious beings and that's our identity, full stop, at this phase of whatever our lifetime or whatever this little lifetime that we're a part of right now is, if we just say that... Then we give ourselves full permission, if our ego even anchors into, I am a growth-seeking being that is a part, a small reflection of the greater whole that is the universe, and this is what I'm aligned with, then when the new desires come up, whether it's to be minimalist or whether it's to get a full-size suitcase or to get a giant mansion, whatever the new desire is, it's new and that's why it's good because it's in alignment with the universe. It's in alignment with the new growth that we have, which is an extension or actually perhaps because we're a part of this universe, this is what Abraham says all the time. We're here as physical beings to continue to expand. This is why we're in this physical time and space reality. Well, okay, the universe is growing and expanding. It probably, as a part of this, needs us to continue to grow and expand. This is evolution is growth and expansion, if you think about it, from that side as well. So we're just here to be a part of this great, wonderful expansion that is a part of the whole and a part of ourselves as well. So when I'm looking at the idea of getting a full-size suitcase, or I'm looking at the desire eventually that may come to be in one place, instead of my ego looking at this as a death of the identity of being minimalist or the identity of traveling nomadically, I can look at it as I'm a growth-seeking being and this is new. And then maybe two years later, I get a new desire from my intuition that guides me to start traveling again or go downsize to a carry-on suitcase again. That is growth and I can evolve and surf that wave of uncertainty, surf that wave of growth, knowing that I am consistently in alignment with my identity, which is a growth-seeking being. 
This would allow us to change our careers as much as we feel called to. This would allow us to change our relationship status as much as we feel called to from the intuition. If we're following that place that is in alignment with source, that is in alignment with a universe, which is in alignment with all that is, and that is calling us towards what we want next, if we're not getting so bogged down by the ego's interpretation of what we've wanted in the past and defined ourselves by, we can constantly, and I'm, I would say constants a little bit hard. Let's just say more consistently keep up with where our intuition's at. And at the same time, the ego, if we are able to say it's consciousness and growth seekingness that we are instead of mother, female, partner, American, Yugoslavian, what you know, like instead of any of these other labels, if we drop all of that and we just say we are growth seeking conscious beings, that's it. Then we can keep up with all of the changes as they come and we can stay consistent in our identity at the same time within this life experience as I know it to be today. I don't know in 10 years if I'll feel that maybe I'll even like dial this back even further and be even more general about it. I'm not sure, but I can tell you, I don't know what comes after this life and I don't know what came before this life. So maybe there are other definitions of that identity to be had in those periods. I'm not sure. I don't have any memory of the past and I don't know the future for it yet. But I can tell you in this one, if we just say we're conscious growth seeking beings, it allows us to flow to all of the new desires we have. It allows us to stay in the stream and flow to the next thing into the next thing into the next thing without the ego needing to die a thousand deaths along the way. If we can get that general and be that open-handed about all of these other aspects, we can flow in peace and in harmony because we're not redefining ourselves every step of the way. The left brain loves coherence. And it's interesting because 90% of the population is right-handed. Well, the right side of your body is controlled by the left side of your brain. It's not a like a perfect every single person that's right-handed is left-brained, but it is a more dominant strength for more of the right-handed people. So if our society is so much weighted to the right hand and the left brain is definitely the aspects of society that are most prevalent in our culture today. So even if you get rid of the right-handedness aspect, the coherence that left brain seeks, the rational, the thoughts there that go go on in that part of our brain, like to have consistent, efficient answers that stay within our realm and perception of identity and self. So if we're able to define ourselves by this somewhat divergent, which is the right side of the brain, the divergent ideas, the new concepts, if we actually allow ourselves to define ourselves by the fact that we're seeking new, maybe we can give our left brain a little bit of peace. Maybe we can chill it out a little because we're giving it something consistent to focus on, but what that consistent thing is, is the fact that we're going to want new things, not that we're going to stay the same as before. I loved another aspect of the video that Abraham spoke about when it comes to minimalism, because I know that's a big theme, and I know we've touched on it here in seasons of the show too. I know many people love the concept of it, and I just want to share that. It was a really interesting thought I had as I listened. So minimalism, what is so appealing about minimalism? is perhaps not the idea of having less stuff, 
Perhaps the idea that's so appealing about minimalism right now is because people or paleo or essential oils or anything that's really popular right now is the joy that the people that you see that are getting into this are experiencing from the new desire. So the people that are going minimalist or the people that are really into essential oils or the people that are really into crystals or into paleo or CrossFit, whatever it might be, for me, quantum mechanics, let's put it there too. So what you're seeing is someone that is getting joy from growth. And in the past, they had a different identity or they had a different set of values, but they were looking for having a lot of stuff. And then they grew, they expanded. And then their new desire, their new growth and expansion was having less. And so it's really appealing when you see people having this joy from this thing that's bringing such growth to them. It's easy to want to do the same because you want the same feeling and experience of joy. But for you, once you do it for a while, it's kind of like capsule wardrobes. Even Caroline Rector is not doing it the same way she did it in the past and unfancy. So though it's super liberating to grow and try new things, even when those new things are restriction of mass in this case, it's not that it is the thing that's providing the joy. It's the growth from the new desire that's providing the joy. And over time, that may change. So minimalism isn't good or bad. It's just growth for some people at some points of their life and time. And then they may evolve out of that. And that is still growth. And it's not like we're going backwards in time. It's not like we're doing circles around the mountain, never getting to where we want to go. I actually think the next time they may have a new desire for more, and then they have later, 10 years later, a new desire for less, that's spiraling up rather than going in circles around. Not if it's going from the ego purely, but if you're really tapping to your intuition and you start traveling for a period and then you stay put for a period, you have a carry-on suitcase for a while, then you have a regular size suitcase. Whatever the evolution may be, or maybe these things don't even go back and forth between two states, but they go from state one to state two to state three to state four, whatever it might be, we have to look at if it's coming from intuition and it's coming from that peaceful place within ourselves, not the ego seeking the joy from the hopeful creation of this thing that's ultimately kind of empty because it's not meaningful to us, if we're actually coming from intuition, we're actually not coming from a thirsty point of view when we're attracting these things into our lives. That newness is fresh and alive as long as we stay caught up with it. It's only when we define ourselves by how we behaved in the past and we have this calling leading us to letting it go that we get stuck, that we get scared, that we stay put in a place that we no longer want to be. I hope this helps you. I hope this makes sense. Like I said, I've never just turned on the microphone when I'm feeling so excited about a new idea. I usually will share it with someone in a conversation or two beforehand. But as I mentioned, the flow of the universe right now just kind of gave me this idea. And I thought, I want to talk about this. And here's where I found to talk about this. Hopefully it helps you. And if you want, we can discuss this more on the show in future episodes. But I just have to say, I feel so liberated and kind of excited that my left brain gets to have a quote unquote consistent identity among the inconsistencies of my desires over time. 
Does that make sense? So I'm now letting my left brain coherent side of my brain fixate on something. What it's fixating on though is the fact that what my desires are will always be new and changing. And I shouldn't look at that as a loss of some past identity, but actually a continuation of the aspect of myself I've always had. Growth-seeking beings of consciousness. That is what I am right now. I'm a growth-seeking being of consciousness. So as I change my relationship status or as I change my address or as I change my suitcase, these are all growth-seeking measures. These are all growth-seeking experiences. And even once those next evolutions turn into what follows, I can keep up with a consistent identity within the concept that I am a growth-seeking conscious being, full stop. I love you guys so much. I hope you enjoyed that. Let me know on Instagram comments, wherever you want to share it with me. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Is this helping you? Is this something that liberates you from the feelings that you feel when you get this urge to go to something new? Your intuition's calling you to it. And at the same time, your ego is freaking out. And if you know anyone else that might be able to use this right now, because maybe they're struggling with something in their lives too, and you think this might help them, feel free to share it with them. Of course, use your intuition there. I don't think, you know, sharing it with people that aren't wanting to hear this kind of point of view is necessarily useful because they're just not in the frequency of it. But if you think you know someone that is, feel free to share it with them too. And there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that. And like I said earlier, if you want to share it with someone that you think it might benefit, feel free to do that as well. If you want to find me on Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter and let me know what you thought, do you like these aha moments, please let me know at Jess, C as in Constable, which is my actual middle name, Lively. For show notes for this episode, head over to JessLively.com slash identity. And of course, I cannot stop talking about the other sponsor for this show, which is FreshBooks. FreshBooks is bookkeeping software for creatives. I love using it. I've been a staunch supporter and fan ever since I logged in in 2012 and cannot recommend it enough for anyone that needs to keep track of bookkeeping. I know right now, I don't know about you, but I'm going through my taxes and making sure that 2016 is squared away. And it's so easy because of FreshBooks. I can pull up my profit and loss reports from my accountants at will. My bookkeeper goes in there all the time to make sure things are running smoothly. I can have my other people in my company in there too, tracking time if needed, and so much more. I'd love for you to give this a try to see if it works for your business as well, and you get a free 30 days to tinker around with it, especially if you're sitting in there with software for your bookkeeping, or maybe you don't even have software yet for bookkeeping in your business. Please go give this a try and see if you like it as much as I do over at freshbooks.com lively. That's where you go to get the free 30-day trial. Now for where I'm headed to next, I am here in Ubud for a few weeks longer. Very curious to see what this is like. I have never gone to Bali, so this is a totally new experience, and I'm sure I will be sharing all the details and updates over on Instagram. Until Thursday, may something wonderful happen to you today.